Craft Sales Beef listeners, I'm Anna Mayer and I'm here today with Mike Johnson. Um, we've got an exciting episode planned for you. We don't have a guest today, we are the guests, so um, we're, we're going to be diving into some really amazing topics and um, our focus is going to be more on the pain of discipline versus the pain of disappointment. And, you know, as a real estate professional or you're thinking of coming into the industry and, and starting your career, what are the things that you can start thinking of or the mindset that you can get in to really find success? And this is truly what shows up in the people that we find have the most talent in this industry and the people that have the most results. So without further ado, Mike, why don't you just give us a brief glimpse into what we're going to be talking about today? Yeah, well, before we get into that, we can talk about the reason why we're talking about this. You're... And obviously in your role as team leader, um, recruiting a ton of people and I'm recruiting a ton of people and we're witnessing a lot of people do a lot of great things. Um, but I've always found it very interesting. You bring someone new on board and they'll absolutely crush it and do 40 deals in a year and you'll bring someone else on board that looks similar to them, talks similarly to them for all intents and purposes is just as intelligent as they are and maybe they don't get the same level of success. Um, I'm a big believer that everyone in the world, for the most part, is just as intelligent. And it's, it's those habits they put in place on a daily basis that either makes them or breaks them. And I, I don't know. I, I was taught very early on, not in my life, unfortunately. Um, I went through a lot of struggles at different points in my life, but taught very early on in my real estate career that the way I show up in one area of my life is the way I'm going to show up in all areas of my life. Totally. And I think as a leader, like regardless if you see yourself as a leader, as you're coming into this industry or as you become a business owner, you will be a leader in many capacities. And, um, you know, having discipline is, is important in that because then, you know, you're showing up for your clients in the right method. You're showing up for your, the co-op agents that you're working with in the right method. You're showing up for um, maybe potential allied resources or, uh, you know, vendors that you're working with. And ultimately it's going to create a better ecosystem for you and for your business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like those little, like for me personally, if I screw up my morning routine and maybe don't work out before I start my day, that's going to show up in my work day. And subconsciously, I believe my clients are going to get the sense that Mike didn't prepare today. And if Mike can't keep the commitments he makes to himself, how is he going to keep the commitments that he's making to me? Um, and that's the way I always look at it. it. If you're telling yourself lies every day about, I'm going to go to the gym at this time, or I'm going to do this with my family at this time, or I'm going to show up and maybe do my lead generation at this time, and you don't do it. When I'm sitting across from you and you're my potential client, I'm trying to sell you on the idea of paying me thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 to list your house. I feel as though you'll subconsciously know that Mike's one of those guys that doesn't keep the commitments to himself. He's not going to keep the commitments to me. It's like that saying, um, people don't uh, care how much you know until they know how much you care. Mm. Um, and if, if you're really showing up and your, your commitment doesn't just show up, but people can like feel it off of you, um, then that's another thing. So yeah. with that, I kind of want to dive into the talent versus non-talent chart. Um, now, this is something that we learned about uh, almost two years ago now, back in career visioning, uh, learning about, you know, how to find the right people to bring into your organization, not only, you know, team members, but people that you want to get into business with, partnerships, et cetera, et cetera. 
Um, so th this is something that if people haven't seen before, especially like when I looked at it the first time, it was kind of eye-opening. I started to think about different scenarios and which side of the chart I fell on. So I'm gonna share my screen and we can talk about each piece briefly. So um, let's move the camera down. So talent, let's talk about talent first. I think uh, understanding what talent really means in different scenarios is important. And then understanding also what non-talent is. So talent brings solutions, you know, talent fulfills um, needs on their own and shares goals. Um, talent knows what they're actively searching to know or what they want to know. Talent pushes you. Talent is continually raising the bar. Talent demands to be associated with other talent and attracts people to them. And talent talks the language of action and results. Now, we've definitely seen talent and we've also definitely seen non-talent in many different aspects. Now, bringing on the non-talent side, it's, it's the complete opposite. So they bring you problems. They give you back pieces of the job. They don't know what they want or aren't searching for it. They require pushing and motivation instead of, you know, taking initiative on their own may not even know what the bar is that you're talking about for expectations or for standards. And they usually repel talent from them and they don't really know how to talk the language of action and results. So Mike, for you, what kind of sticks out to you in this? Um, not only what you're seeing here, but what you see on a day-to-day -day basis with people that you work with. I mean, for those people that I work directly with, if they fall into the talent category, they don't, need any management they don't need any motivation from me i just i teach them the skills and then from there get out of their way and let them go do their thing um unfortunately when you have someone that falls into the non-talent category naturally i'm more drawn to spend a greater amount of my focus or time on those people to manage them motivate them and move them to talent but I, the more I do that, the more I start to think that maybe it's just a waste of my time and I'd be far more successful and my team as a whole would be more successful if I just strictly pour into those people that fall into the talent category. A hundred percent. Like I, I find myself in similar conversations. It's like you can tell the same thing to someone over and over, but if they don't take action on it themselves, well, no one is doing them service. Like not you, not them no one in their circle. So it, it's, it's really about, uh, like we've mentioned at the beginning of this conversation, discipline versus motivation, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So I, I know you have a few thoughts on that. So I'll let you talk about it. Yeah, but my, as of late, my three rules are, like if someone falls into the non-talent category, they need to be managed, motivated, and disciplined. And I, at the end of every month I have, it's called the four quadrants and I put people into these four quadrants and it's, it basically gives me a guide as to how much attention I should be providing them. Um, so one is talent, uh, potential for leadership, talent, no potential for leadership. Um, one is potential talent. And then the other is non-talent for those non-talent people as you were mentioning my goal is to exit them from the organization as soon as possible and talent is and skill are two different things you can bring on new like at one point when i was new i i think 
some people might have other opinions of this, but I think I would have fallen into the talent category. I just didn't have the skills yet, which is fine. Um, but someone with talent is going to work hard to build those skills. Or uh, just even on that note, I think it was with Chris and Cole that we were talking about on a previous episode, the grit versus skill, right? Like mm-hmm. if you have grit, you're willing to put in the, the activities, you're willing to do things consistently every day. It doesn't mean you're great at them, just means that you're willing to be consistent at them. And mm-hmm. um, ultimately, you're going to become great because you're training, you're training your mind, you're training your habits, you're training every single day to get better at what you do versus obviously not right yeah for sure i think you need to treat this business the same way you would treat a workout plan so you're going to the gym and you're lifting weights or say you're training for a marathon for instance in the beginning it's going to be really really hard and you're not going to see any results and this is the exact same for probably three to six months um you need to outwork every single person like if someone new joins my team they need to work twice as hard as me to build the business I have today because I've been working at it for a while now. Um, But really it's those people that can 2X, 3X, 4X their efforts and knowing that they're probably not going to get any results in the beginning, but that it will pay off in six months, a year, two years, three years. It's those people that really see their businesses explode. It's like a lead generation pipeline. It's like a hockey stick. Exactly. In the it's very slow, slow, slow. And then you see exponential growth. Mm-hmm. Most I, people quit before they see the exponential growth, though. They pick up the phone a couple of times, they'll knock on a couple of doors and say, ah, this doesn't really work. And then they'll bounce around and try a ton of different things and totally move away from the Red Book. I had a conversation with a team leader and, and they were saying how um, sometimes it's like pulling teeth with several people in the organization and, and that's tough, right? Obviously you're going to bring people in. You don't really know if it's a good fit right away. And you're discovering that as you're getting into business with them. Um, But ultimately it's, you know, that person in their organization has talked about, Oh, you know what I'm doing this. I've done it for a very long time. And it's only been a couple months that that's not really a long time to me. I, I think a year or a couple years is where you're going to start seeing the results, regardless of what it is that you do. So, you know, if you're out there and you're, you're, you're doing something consistently, I would just encourage you to stick to it because that's, what's going to provide you the most results. And as Mike just said, it's, it's a hockey stick effect. You're going to be slow, slow, slow and steady for a little while. And then all of a sudden you're just going to have results come right after the other. Mm-hmm. What I like, one of the things I find most frustrating about bringing new agents on, is you'll bring them. So if I bring someone into my ecosystem, they obviously have faith that I'm the person that can get them to where they want to be. Or if someone joins Chris Suarez's team, who we've had on recently, or Kristen Cole's team, they have faith that Kristen's ideas and methods of doing business are the ones that are going to make them successful. They show up, make a couple phone calls, knock on a couple doors, maybe do a couple open houses and think, yeah, it's great what she's doing. I like it, but maybe I'll try it my way and get creative. And from my experience, when you start in the business, that's not the time to get creative. If you like the way Kristen does business and you want to have a massive life like her, say Mike wants to have 50 expansion sites at some point in the future, and I join her world, I'm going to do exactly what she says. And if she says it's going to take six months, a year of grinding, I'm just going to do it. 
Um, it's when we get creative and try and find our own ways of doing business when we don't really have an understanding of the business that we get off track, we get frustrated and we quit before we reap the rewards of our work. Totally. I think that's, that's the biggest misconception in getting into this industry. Like I'm, I'm prepping actually for a career night that we're doing later this week. And I'm putting together like myths versus facts about getting into the industry. Cause you know, people, you know, think that as soon as they get their license, what they first need to do is, you know, get a fancy car, create a website, design their business cards, logos, spend some money on advertising, et cetera, et cetera. But really all that you need to be doing is, you know, letting your people know that you're getting into the industry and then focusing on the five tasks of a real estate agent that we talk about consistently throughout, throughout our podcast. It's lead generation, lead follow-up, go on appointments, negotiate contracts and scripts and role play. That's it. That's as, as simple as it needs to be. And like we've said before, this is not an easy business, but it is simple. You just mm-hmm. have the tasks to do and you consistently do them. You're going to get results. I think when you look at those five activities too, you have the lead gen, the follow-up, the scripting, the going on appointments, they don't happen in the beginning. And the negotiating contracts are non-existent in the beginning. So all you should be doing is lead gen, follow-up. Follow-up doesn't really exist in the beginning because you don't have any clients to follow up with other than your sphere. So a new agent, when they come on board, they should be two to three xing my level of lead generation because they have two to three times two to three times more more time time. yeah Um, that's the way i looked at it when i joined who's my tl what's he doing i'm gonna go do what he does times two or times three my my reason behind it i don't know if it was good or bad I guess everyone has different things that motivate them I was motivated through fear so my head I thought the longer I stay on this phone the more or the less likely it is that I'm going to go bankrupt because every person I speak to increases my odds of getting a sale I don't worry about bankruptcy anymore um, but I still use that same mindset Yeah, everyone's obviously motivated by something different, right? Um, Whether it is pain, whether it is pleasure, for you, it's good. You kind of honed into that fear instinct and let let your mind take over into like the positive mindset. Okay, like to get out of that state, I got to do this. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's what people don't realize. Like motivation is great to a certain extent, but then it's the discipline and the training and the consistent building of habits that's going to help you long term. For sure. I think for me, that wouldn't work anymore because I financially am more established than I was when I got into the business. But simple mindset shift. Now, when I look at a call, I divide. Most of my business comes off calling Mm -hmm. in some form. So I divide how much money I made last year by the number of calls I make over the course of a year. And it works out to be six, seven bucks a call, regardless of whether or not they scream at me, they tell me I'm not interested, or they tell me they want to sell their house, $7 a call. And that's, that's a deal I'll sign up for all day, every day. Um, it's like the highest, I'm the highest paid call center worker I know. <laughs> <laughs> just a, a quick, just a pickup and that's $7 in the bank right there. So that's awesome. hundred mm, percent. Okay. Um, now, what was I going to ask you? 
I guess what, what are some things that you do as a team lead? Um, obviously you've, you've got to keep your people motivated. Not everyone is motivated by the same things that you are, you know, maybe before it was more about not being in bankruptcy and having a financial future that made sense for you and for your family. Now, maybe it's about, you know, continuing your family and building generational wealth for you and for your kids and for your wife and, and so on. But what are the things that motivate your team members? How do you identify that? And then how do you, I guess, help them stay disciplined to hitting that motivation goal? I think it's very similar to uh, conversations you have with a buyer or seller. Like when I meet with a buyer or seller, it's all, the whole appointment is focused on asking them questions about the why around why they're looking to do what they're looking to do. So the seller that wants to move to some part of Ontario, why are you looking to move there? What values can add to your life? Why is that important to you? And in running a team, you're asking very similar questions to that. So when they get off track, which does happen, um, you tie it back to their motivation. And I think that's it. And I think another important thing for all of us to keep in mind is that we're not going to want to show up and do it every day. There will be a day this week where I wake up and think, shit, I do not want to do this today. This is horrible. There's a million other things I'd rather do. But because it's a habit, I'll still do it. And it won't be that painful. First couple minutes, yeah. I'll uh, bitch and moan a little bit in my head. But after that, the habit just takes over. I think too, what, what you did was really smart to calculating your time per call or, or sorry, your cost per call or, you know, even your, your hourly rate. I know some realtors have done that, but if you know that, then it's much more easy for you to know in your head, okay, because of this activity, this is a result that I'm going to get might not be instant, but that's what I'm going to aim for long-term. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I see that too, you know, when I'm interviewing realtors that are struggling in their business and, you know, they're, they're hitting some sort of ceiling consistently and consistently. The only thing that's holding them back is usually their mindset, the tools that they have available to them, or just the environment that they're surrounded by. Mm -hmm. So um, I think in, in being an environment like yours, where, you know, you're, you're teaching discipline as opposed to motivation is, is really, really important. Yeah. I think that why needs to be so big. Like for me, the why it took me a long time to figure it out, but I want to get to a point where if I truly get sick of this business, I can wake up one day and say, I don't have to do it anymore. And I don't have to do anything anymore if I choose not to, because I built my wealth to a point where I can really do whatever I want in this world. And I think by getting to that point, I'll provide my people with something really to aspire to. Like I, I think that's probably why most realtors get into this business, obviously to make a lot of money, but financial freedom to do whatever you want, whenever you want. Um, and that's my goal. So when I wake up in the morning and don't feel like working out or don't feel like getting my body prepared for the day or don't feel like making my calls, I ask myself, what's most important to you? Is it, sitting around and moaning about what needs to be done today or is it getting to that goal of pure financial freedom i think that's a that's a great point um there there's a book by simon sinek start with why have you read it yeah 
yeah so in that book I, I had to look up the quote to find it exactly but it was like there's only two ways to influence human behavior you can manipulate it or you can inspire it so likewise when you're working with your clients like you can either you know really try and sell them or you can inspire them through questions through great conversation and likewise like you're doing through your team members right? mm-hmm. The kind of the cool thing about it, the why was kind of derived from those days where I don't want to wake up and do this, which they're, they're rare, but if I work for say three months straight without a vacation, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to throw in the towel and get out of there. It's those moments where I really don't feel like doing it that I think created my why of mm-hmm. pure financial freedom. So if at some point in the future, I really don't want to do it anymore, I have options. Totally. Yeah, there's, everyone's got those days. Like, I'm, I'm sure, like, today was such a crappy, rainy day. Like, I could have definitely stayed in bed. But, you know, there, there's something much bigger than what I'm doing. Like, and I'm sure likewise for you, it's like we're, we're looking to impact people. And that's our why, right? Not mm-hmm. only impact people, but create a great lives for ourselves and, and those around us. Yeah. I'm actually good today. I just got off vacation last week, so. Nice. I, I'm, I'm good. I, it's just like been a couple of shitty weeks of COVID stress, but mm. regardless. Yeah, but I think like the biggest thing between those that really kill it and those that don't, it, they don't let their feelings be the compass of their day. Each day is so crucial, each morning, each afternoon each hour if you let the way you feel be the compass of what you're going to do and how that day is going to unfold and let your feelings determine whether or not you're going to lead generate or not or whether or not you're going to script or whether or not you're going to show up for the people that are in your ecosystem um consistency just goes out the window um, it needs to be habit-based and in, in that scenario too like you know leading by example is such a big thing. So if you're not showing up, like we talked about at the beginning of this conversation and you're saying, F it, I'm just going to not do anything. Then the people in your organization are also going to see that and, you know, kind of follow suit. So having the discipline as a team leader, as a leader, regardless, is going to impact those around you. Mm. Um, Anything else? Um, I think it's good if it's good for you. <laughs> I don't even know how long we've been going for, 20 minutes? I think we could probably start wrapping it up. Okay. Miles Unless can you... cut this little part, right? Yeah, yeah. Even the COVID stress part, I want that cut. Okay. Um, okay, so I hope we, we were able to bring you guys some value today and talking about, you know, how discipline can show up in your lives. Um, there there's like we talked about on this podcast there's a really great book start with why if you don't know what your why is or you want to find out what that is to help you know motivate you throughout the days um definitely read that book reach out to us if you have any questions um anything else that you'd like to mention mike yeah like i think it all starts with find someone in the industry that has a business you want to have and then i know in our brokerage and Keller Williams, everyone's very accessible for the most part, ask them for a copy of their schedule and just do what they do. 
Um, like if your habits aren't there and you're showing up with a $50,000 a year schedule, you're going to make 50 grand. If you have a $1 million schedule, which a lot of people that we've interviewed on this have million plus schedules, that's why the money shows up in their lives. Um, it's that habit of sticking to their schedule. I think that's the key to freedom. It's a choice. You want a $50,000 schedule? That's fine. That's a good life for some people. You want a $2 million schedule? We've had people on this podcast that have that. And it's just a matter of R&Ding what they have. Just rip off and duplicate. Again, it's, it's the pain of discipline or the pain of disappointment, right? You can either show up, be the leader that you want to be and that others want to see of you in their lives. Or you can not. Like either one is fine, but I think, you know, as we discover this more and more, like we want to be leaders and, and I'm sure lots of people listening to this podcast have aspirations for themselves. So, you know, I hope that you take these, um, you know, tips and, and things that we suggested today, not with a grain of salt, but really as something that you can build towards. Again, this is about consistency and, you know, it takes a long time to build habits and to build discipline, but you can always start today and it's all about being 1% better every single day. Awesome. Well, tune into our next episode. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you again next time.